Jesus tells us in the Bible of the parable of a merchant looking for fine pearls, and how this is similar to finding the kingdom of heaven. When you find the kingdom of heaven, your salvation is like a precious pearl. There is nothing more valuable than security for your soul. Just as in the parable when the merchant found just one pearl, he sold all he had to purchase it. This is Precious Pearls Radio with Sister Dana Rankin. Hello and welcome to Precious Pearls Ministries Podcast on the Resilient Christian Radio Network, where we share the blessed Bible and the blessed hope. First, let's start off with our verse, and that is Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Today is Thursday, and I just want to welcome you to the podcast today. And thank you for taking the time to tune in. And I hope that you make this a weekly habit that you just listen every week because there are so much precious pearls to share from God's word. Today's podcast is going to be about the deity of Jesus Christ, the deity of Jesus Christ. That is why at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Also, before we get into the message today, I wanted to let you know that I will want to get some prayer requests from you all. You can email those to me. And they are always confidential. And I will pray for you on a daily basis. And the email address is Precious Pearls Ministries Radio at rcrnetwork.com. And you can also find Precious Pearls Ministries on Facebook. And our new website will be coming really soon. Also, I wanted to share with you a ministry that Precious Pearls Ministries supports. It is called Glove Box Ministry. And you know how you go into a hotel and you see a Gideon Bible in the drawer? Well, Glove Box Ministry does the same thing, but at car dealerships. And what they do is they place a Bible um, portion in every glove box with a plan of salvation on the back. So when you purchase your car and you go in your glove box, you'll find the word of God there. And I think that is an amazing way to reach people that may not otherwise come into contact with the word of God. When I used to work at a behavioral health facility, there were several children there that did not even ever own a Bible, which was was amazing to me. Some of these children were 12 and 13 years of age, and they had never owned a Bible. So I would encourage you listening that if you have children in your life, make sure that you give them as a gift for their birthday, graduation, or Christmas, whatever. You give them the gift of God's Word. There's nothing better that you can give them than that. And first, I wanted to start off with a song that I usually sing at church. There have been a lot of things happening in the world that make us look at circumstances. And we need to look to Christ. And there is coming a day when no heartaches will come and no clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. So that's one of the songs that I always do about on a monthly basis at my church. And so I wanted to 
share that with you today. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land what a day Glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness or pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day! Glorious day that will be. What a day. Glorious day that will be. Praise the Lord. That is one of my favorite songs. There are so many times, as I said previously, that you can look at your circumstances and you just have to focus on that day. You have to focus on him. There are situations and circumstances that happen to us, but we have to remember that he is Lord and that he is coming for his people. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for every single person that is listening. I know it is not an, a coincidence that they hearing this message. I know it's a God instance. And I know, Lord, that you have a purpose and a plan for every single soul that is listening within the sound of my voice. And I ask you, Lord, to use this ministry to bless 
many, many others. I ask you, Lord, to just use my voice as the instrument through which your word will come forth. I ask that you decrease me and increase you, Lord, and tell these people through my voice what you want to hear for them. And I ask that you bless every single person that is tuned in. And I ask you, Lord, to help us to apply this word and apply this truth to our lives every day. In your precious and matchless name, we pray. Amen. Now, the title of the podcast today is The Deity of Jesus Christ. And that brought to my mind a scripture. It is on his head were many crowns, and on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's in Revelation, verse 19, chapter 12. I'm sorry, chapter 19, verse 12, and verse 16. The evidence that our Lord Jesus Christ is very God is manifold. It is demonstrated and proved in his sinless character, the miracles he wrought, the manner in which he wrought them, and in his resurrection from the dead. His virgin birth bears witness that he was not begotten of a human father and could have been begotten only by the living and holy God. The very essence of Christ's being is as a son is of a father. Jesus Christ is not only the Son of God, but he is God the Son. His miracles were wrought by a power above that of man, but the manner in which he wrought them is the marvel and revelation of the power of God. He accomplished these miracles by the utterance of a word. He said, I will. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. With a word, he brought the dead to life again. With a word, he bade the storm be still and the tempest hushed its noisy clamor. His words of power were the supreme will of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ was, is, and ever shall be the eternal God. But apart from all such evidence, an argument of the same. Holy Scripture says in clear terms that our Lord Jesus Christ was God before he was born into this world, while he walked the earth, and that he is Almighty God in heaven now. It is only necessary to let Scripture speak for itself to bring us in worship before him who died for us and rose again and own him with joyful faith as our great God and Savior, loving him for himself, trusting him for all things, and serving him in all things. Emmanuel, God with us. That is one of the names, and it states in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, A virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And again, that's Isaiah seven fourteen, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. 
Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. The Holy Scriptures plainly says when our Lord Jesus Christ was on earth, he was Emmanuel, God with us. He also is the mighty God. Unto us a child is born. This is the child spoken of by Isaiah in the seventh chapter of his prophecy, who should be conceived by and born of a virgin mother. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And that is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This is applied by the angel to our Lord Jesus Christ on the night of his birth. He said, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And that is in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Isaiah calls this foretold babe the mighty God. The angel says he is Christ the Lord. By this quotation, Lord, when used in relation to the Son of God, is equivalent to the Jehovah of the Old Testament. Thus, the Old and the New Testament proclaim our Lord Jesus Christ to be Jehovah God, the Lord. In those days came John the Baptist. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. That is in Matthew chapter 3 verses 1 through 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's in the book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3. And if you don't have your Bibles, pull it out and um, so you can follow along with me in the scriptures. And let's continue here. The word Lord used by Isaiah is Jehovah, very God. The voice crying in the wilderness was John the Baptist. Isaiah prophesied that John the Baptist would go before the Lord Jesus to prepare his way. In reference to the Lord Jesus, Isaiah used the Hebrew word Yahweh, Lord or Jehovah. Prepare ye the way of Jehovah. Isaiah prophesied that our Lord Jesus Christ is Jehovah God. Christ is Jehovah God, the Lord God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him. That is Isaiah chapter 40 verse 10. The Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall he reward every man according to his works. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27. Beyond question, these two scriptures are speaking of the same event and therefore of the same person. The Lord God who is coming with strong hand to reward is the Son of Man coming with his angels to do the same thing. The Son of Man is our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord God of Isaiah is the Son of Man of Matthew. The title Lord God in Hebrew is Yahweh, Jehovah God. In saying Jehovah, 
God is coming to reward men according to their works, Isaiah announced that our Lord Jesus Christ in this manner affirmed of himself that he is that Lord God and that we need to know him as our Lord, that is our master. We are but his slave and gladly so. Jesus tells us that if we want to follow him, we have to put him first, ask no questions, and joyfully, gladly follow him. He tells me I am to follow him to the death if needs be. And that's Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. He died for me. I will gladly die for him. And we must know him as our savior as well. That just has to be block number one. That has to be the foundation of all that is to follow. And I say that because unless we personally know Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we have nowhere else to go. Peter had it right when he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. That's John chapter 6, verse 68. Have you gone to Jesus, confessed your sins, and asked him into your heart and life to be your Lord? Unless you did that, you have no hope. Read chapter 3 of the book of John, chapter 3, verse 18, and the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6. We also must know him as our friend. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. There's no, not one. And he sticketh closer than a brother. That's in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. And he promised me that if I took him as my dear Savior and Lord, that he would never leave me or forsake me. And that's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, 5. Have you ever had anyone leave you, forsake you, or stab you in the back? I have more than once. But in all my years, he has never forsaken me once. I'm ashamed to say here today that I have failed him. But he never turned his back on me. He would never do that. Read John chapter 15, verse 15, and Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. And we must know him as our high priest as well. Think of that. He is my high priest at the very throne of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. He prays for me all the time, and because he is my high priest, and if you are surrendered to the Lord as well, and you know him in the pardon of your sin, um, he is your high priest. And you and I both can approach the very throne of God in prayer. And what's the greatest thing is that one of the greatest things about God is that we can approach the throne, the throne at the same time. And he can handle whatever we bring before him. There is no busy signal with the Lord. He is praying for me and interceding for me. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Have you ever heard somebody pray in church and you'd say, oh, I wish I could pray for that person, pray like that person? Well, God wants to hear you. And just think if you could hear for a second Jesus praying for you. How much more confident would you be in the face of sickness, trial, um, just circumstances that seem to be out of your control? How much more would you be confident? In Christ, I want you to still consider his character and come under his leadership. And when I sin, um, I'm not sinless, but I sin less. The 
devil accuses me before God in heaven and Jesus takes my side and pleads my case and he wins every time because I keep short accounts with God. And I pray that we would know him as our king. The British have a king over there, but I have a real king. He is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He is my king and I belong to his kingdom. And he tells me that someday I will reign with him in his great glorious kingdom. And that is in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 12. If you want a thrill, just listen to the redeemed sing about it. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. All power is his, and before it is all done, even the wicked will bow down and bend their wicked knees to this glorious king. And that's in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. We must also recognize that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. The Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. Matthew chapter 12, verse 8. The Lord of the Sabbath can only be he who gave and ordain the Sabbath as it is written. I am the Lord thy God. The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord God. Thy God. Exodus chapter 20 verses 1 through 10. As our Lord Jesus Christ claims to be Lord of the Sabbath. And the Lord of the Sabbath as set forth in the passage. Quoted from Exodus is Jehovah Elohim. Very God himself. Then in claiming to be Lord of the Sabbath our Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ affirms himself to be none other than God of Sinai who talked with Moses and gave him the law. And all things of the Father are delivered unto him. All things are delivered to me of my Father. And that's in Luke chapter 10 verse 22. All things of the Father include his holiness and his omnipotence. He sat on the throne with the Father before the world was. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. That's in John chapter 17, verse 5. The preposition with is para. Thine own self is the dative, and para with the dative may signify beside, alongside. The passage, therefore, may be rendered, and now, O Father, glorify thou me beside or alongside thine own self in the glory, which I had beside thee before the world was. In this prayer, he is asking the Father to confirm the statement he made to the Jews. This is the statement he made to them. I am from above. John chapter 8, verse 23. And he has said to the Jews also, What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. John chapter 6, verse 62. In this statement, he affirms what he would ascend up where he was before. He says unqualifiedly, he was beside the Father in his glory. It is impossible to modify or iron out this statement. He says he was co-equal with God the Father. And he has all power in heaven and in earth. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. All power is omnipotence. Omnipotence belongs only to God. For anyone to claim omnipotence who is not God is to be guilty of blasphemy and high treason against God. Since our Lord Jesus Christ was holy, 
harmless, sinless, and perfect. He could not claim anything that was not true. Since he claimed omnipotence, then, he was in very truth the omnipotent Son of God and God the Son. And baptism is to be performed in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it states, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. You will note the baptism is not in the names, but in the name. It is a unit name. It is a name common to each. It signifies the unity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That unity is the unity of being. It tells us the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one being. That one being is God. God is three distinct persons in one being. It is not a matter for reason, but a fact revealed to faith. Since our Lord Jesus Christ is the Son, then he subsists as one person in the one being, is of the one essence, and therefore God. His name as second, after the Father and before the Spirit, neither signifies he is inferior to the Father, nor superior to the Spirit. The positional order of his name indicates simply his relation in the operation of Godhead. The Father acts through the Son by the Spirit. His blood shed on the cross, the blood of God, the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Did you catch that? With his own blood. That's in Acts chapter 20, verse 28. I will underline or highlight that. Our Lord Jesus Christ in his pre-existent state is declared to be very God, even the Lord God. When he came into this world, he took humanity into union with himself. He took it in the form of a new human nature, which he created and united to his unchanged personality as God. As it is written, he took upon him the form of a servant. Philippians chapter 2 verse 7. He took on him the seed of Abraham. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 16. This humanity was properly his when he shed his blood as a purchase price for the church. It was the blood of his human nature, the blood of his own human body, as he was God and that which belonged to him belonged to him as God. Then the blood he shed was the blood of God and saying the church was purchased by the blood of God. And as the church was purchased by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul is saying in the most definite manner that our Lord Jesus Christ was God. He is the overall God. Christ who is overall God blessed forever. Romans chapter 9, 5. What a thrill of comfort these words give to the Christian. He is overall. Our Lord Jesus Christ in yonder heaven is the over all God. Write that in your Bible, over all God. The God to whom every tongue shall confess, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, and he lives today, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Romans chapter 14, verses 10 through 12.
According to this statement, we are to stand at the judgment seat of Christ that we may give an account of ourselves to God. And as the judgment seat is the judgment seat of Christ, and he will sit on that seat as the judge, then in giving an account of ourselves to Christ, we shall be giving an account of ourselves to God. The apostle plainly states our Lord Jesus Christ is the God who will act as judge. In support of this, he quotes from Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23. I have sworn by myself, the word is going out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear or confess. Since we are to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and give an account to him, the prophet cannot be speaking of any other than he whom the apostle calls Christ. Verse 21 and 22 tells us who this person is of whom the prophet speaks. Tell ye and bring them near, yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else, none else. Paul and Isaiah affirmed that our Lord Jesus Christ is God. He was in the form of God before born into this world. Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 6. In his pre-existent state, Jesus Christ was the visible manifestation of the Godhead. The whole universe is to confess that he is God. God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, the unrighteous dead in Hades, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11. Lord is equivalent to Jehovah. Every tongue shall confess Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of the Father. The glory of the Father is that our Lord Jesus Christ is his Son, whom he gave to save the sons of men. Since Jesus Christ is his Son, he is God the Son. The universe shall glorify the Father in confessing that he whom he gave to die for men is none other than God the Son, whom he spared not, but delivered him up for us all. In confessing the deity of God the Son, the universe will be glorifying the Father in glorifying the Son. He was before all things. He is before all things is in the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 17. All things signifies all created things. He was in existence before anything was created. Since Jesus Christ was before anything was created, he was not created. Only God was not created. Therefore, Jesus Christ must be God. That which has never been created and yet lives is self-existent. Christ is therefore self-existent. Jesus said, as the Father hath life in himself, that is self-existence, 
So he hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, to be self-existent. John chapter 5 verse 26. He created all things. All things were created by him and for him. You are a creation of God, so you were created by him and for him to bring him glory. You were not created to do as you want with your life. Your life, when you choose what you want to do, always ends up in mess. But when you seek God's wisdom and seek his face for your life, that is when you will glorify him. Because Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 states, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. The Apostle Paul in Colossians testified that all things were created by our Lord Jesus Christ and for him. The passage in Revelation is a corroboration of this truth. And all things were created by Christ and created for his own pleasure. The Apostle John, who wrote the book of Revelation, also declared in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, that before he was made flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ was the word of God, God the word, by whom all things were made and without whom not one thing was made that was made. Not one thing. All things consist in him. By in him all things consist. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17. All things means the universe. The universe consists is centered in him. There was no big bang and we just came from some soup. That, that's nonsense. The universe is Christ Christocentric. The word consist means to hold together. All things were put together in him. Christ is there for the source out of which all things have come. The word also means to hold together. All things are held together in and by him. The universe does not fly apart into chaos because it is held together by our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the consistency of the universe. The whole universe is in him as to source and power, thought, purpose, and plan. What a safe and secure place it is and what a joy and glory it is to be in him. God is manifest in the flesh. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. First Timothy chapter three, verse 16. What was true when Jesus walked the earth is true now. After his resurrection, Jesus said, a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. Luke chapter 14, verse 39. When he ascended to heaven, the angel said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Acts chapter 1, verse 11. Our great God and Savior, looking for that blessed hope. That's what we talk about every week. And the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. He upholdeth all things by the word of his power. Upholding all things by the word of his power is in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. This earth, the countless suns and the invisible planetary systems of the Milky Way, the universe are all upheld by Christ's word. The stability of earth 
and heaven is not due to the nature of things, but to Christ's word and his faithfulness. By the same word with which he created the universe, he upholds it. What a word that is on which to hang your soul and all its hopes. What a word is that on which to rest the word that upholds all things. If he upholds the material universe with his word, how much more shall he uphold you? O ye of little faith who have called upon his name and responded to his gracious invitation for salvation. He declared to be God and creator by God and the Father. But unto the Son he, the Father, saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Put alongside of this the first verse in Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The first chapter of Genesis says, God created the heaven and the earth. And the first chapter of Hebrews says, the sun created the heaven and the earth. The authority for the statement is unimpeachable. It is God the Father himself who says it. He calls Jesus Christ his son, and he calls him God, God the Son. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 8 through 10 is a quotation from the 102nd Psalm. That Psalm is one of the most marvelous parts of this marvelous Bible, the Word of God. In that Psalm, you have a dialogue between the Father and the Son. And it is in this dialogue, the father responding to his son's anticipation of incarnation and the cross says unto him that he is the creator of heaven and earth. And though he should die as a man, yet he should not perish. It is in the 45th Psalm, direct statement is made by the father to the son that he is very God. Almighty God, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Revelation chapter 1, 8. The Apostle John wrote, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me and being turned I saw one like unto the Son of Man. And he laid his hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 through 13, and Revelation 1, 17 and 18 verses. He who died, who was dead and rose again, is none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is he who makes this immense and astounding statement to John. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. The, thus our Lord Jesus Christ declares himself to be the Almighty Christ, the Almighty God, the true God. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding.
that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life, 1 John 5.20. John's testimony never varies. He says Jesus Christ is the true God. He also is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. In the body of Jesus Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead, the deity. Fullness of deity is manifested in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit therefore dwell in the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. The Father dwelleth in me. John chapter 14, verse 6, and John chapter 14, verses 9 and 10. It also states, the Spirit giveth life. Now the Lord is that Spirit. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, and 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. If the Father is in Jesus Christ, if the Spirit is in Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ himself is the Son, if all the fullness of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit is in the body of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Then all there is of God is in Jesus Christ. And there is no God apart from him. There is no question about the fullness, for it is written, It pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. That's in Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. Thus, in a clarity of statement in which there is not a shadow of equivocation or subtlety of words or terms, Our Holy Scripture affirms and amplifies the affirmation that while our Lord Jesus Christ was and is real man, he was and is today very God. It is in him, by him, and through him we may know the Father. It is in him, by him, and through him we may know and be conscious of the Spirit. It is in him we find him and know him as the Son. No wonder the Apostle John says, this is the true God and eternal life. That's 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. Well, may the seraphim sing their thrice holy song. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. Well, may we, like Thomas, fall at his feet and cry, My Lord and my God, John chapter 20, verse 28. With such a Savior who is perfect man and almighty God, for those of us who confess his name, there are to be neither fear nor fret in our daily lives. With such a resource of measureless power and unfailing love, we ought to walk life's pathways with courage, confidence, and hope. We ought to love him not only for what he is to us, but for what he is in himself. Let us love and serve him each day, waiting till he shall say, come up hither. Whether it shall be by the sounding of his trump that wakes our dead, or even by the soft and personal call that bids us leave our home in this body, and in advance of his coming, be at home with him, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And remember, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. And I just wanted to 
say here that we need to all vow to get to know Jesus better. Paul practiced that goal all his life, and if he can do it, so can we. No matter what happens, no matter what happens, we have the presence of the Savior with us every hour of every day. And that's in Matthew 28, verse 20, and Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. And I would ask you, is like I did the first week, Jesus is Lord. I said about, is Jesus your Lord? And generally speaking, a Lord is someone with authority control or power over others in jesus day the word lord was often used as a title of respect toward earthly authorities when the leper called jesus lord in matthew chapter 8 verse 2 he was showing jesus respect as a healer and teacher however after the resurrection the title lord as applied to jesus became much more than a title of honor or respect. Saying Jesus is Lord became a way of declaring Jesus' deity. It began with Thomas' exclamation that we previously mentioned, my Lord and my God, John chapter 20, verse 28. From then on, the apostles' message was that Jesus is Lord, meaning Jesus is God. Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost contained that theme. God has made him that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. That's in Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Later in Cornelius' house, Peter declared that Jesus is Lord of all. Acts chapter 10, verse 36. In saying Jesus is Lord, we commit ourselves to obey him. Jesus asked, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Luke chapter 6, verse 46. An acknowledgement of Jesus' lordship is logically accompanied by a submission to Jesus' authority. If Jesus is Lord, then he owns us. He has the right to tell us what to do. A person who says, Jesus is Lord, with a full understanding of what that means, that Jesus is God and has supreme authority over all things, over all things, as we stated, it has been divinely enlightened. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. That is in 1 Corinthians 12, chapter, 3, chapter 12, verse 3. And we want our lives as Christians to be pleasing to Jesus. And let me just go through something that I found that was written. The author is unknown of this, but I want to share it here with you today before the program ends. And I'm going to go a little slower so you can catch the verses and note them down. This is called, Who is Jesus to You? To the architect, he is the chief cornerstone. First Peter chapter 2, verse 6. To the artist, he is the altogether lovely one. Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 16. To the astronomer, he is the son of righteousness. Malachi, chapter 4, verse 2. To the baker, he is the bread of life. John, chapter 6, verse 35. To the banker, he is the hidden treasure. Matthew, chapter 13, verse 44. To the builder, he is the sure foundation. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 16. 
to the carpenter, he is the door. John chapter 10, verse 9. To the doctor, he is the great physician. Psalm 103, verse 3. To the educator, he is the great teacher. John chapter 3, verse 2. To the engineer, he is the new and living way. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 20. To the farmer, he is the sower and Lord of the harvest. Matthew chapter 13, verse 37. And Luke chapter 10, verse 2. To the gardener, he is the true vine. John chapter 15, verse 1. To the geologist, he is the rock. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. To the jeweler, he is the pearl of great price. Matthew chapter 13, verse 46. To the judge, he is the only righteous judge of man. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. To the juror, he is the faithful and true witness. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. To the lawyer, he is the counselor and the advocate. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. To the optometrist, he is the giver of sight. And that's in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. To the philanthropist, he is the unspeakable gift. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. To the philosopher, he is the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 20, chapter 1, verse 24. To the politician, he is the desire of all nations. Haggai, chapter 2, verse 7. To the preacher, he is the word of God. Revelation, chapter 19, verse 13. To the reporter, he is the good news of great joy. That's in Luke, chapter 2, verse 10. To the sculptor, he is the living stone. 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 4. To the servant, he is the one master. Matthew chapter 23, verse 10. To the student, he is the truth. John chapter 14, verse 6. To the theologian, he is the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. To the worker, he is the giver of rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. To the sinner, he is the Lamb of God who takes away sin. John chapter 1, verse 29. To the Christian, he is the Son of the living God, the Savior, the Redeemer, and Lord. That is in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. 1 John chapter 4, verse 14. Titus chapter 2, verse 14. And 2 Peter 1, verse 2. That is amazing that someone wrote that. And just think about when you pray. Um, God wants you to know that he hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. And that's John it looks like chapter 16, verse 24. I wrote that really, really small on my paper. I apologize for that. And in the beginning of the broadcast, podcast, I stated that we support Glovebox Ministry. If you would Google that and support Glovebox Ministry with a $7 donation, um, that would be such a blessing um, to people who are um, buying new cars at dealerships and things, and they'll get the word of God. So you can also become a monthly partner like Precious Pearls Ministries is, and we donate each month. So, and speaking of prayer, we ask you to pray daily for Precious Pearls Ministries. 
And also for me, Sister Dana Carter and my family, I am praying for you all who listen to this broadcast. And we are doing the very best we know how to bring to you the Blessed Bible and the Blessed Hope. So we ask you to continue to visit with us. This hour is precious, precious as a pearl. We pray that we will be all that the dear Lord wants us to be for you and for his glory. And also pray about what God wants you to do financially towards this ministry. And if that is something that the Lord is leading on your heart, then that will be a blessing as well. I just want to be in his will at all times. And then I would like to read you uh, one of my favorite psalms here. One second, I'll pull it up here. I'm sorry, not psalms, proverbs, I meant to say. Because this is something that I read quite often and I have memorized. And it is very, very important to memorize scripture. There is a a company called Memlock, M-E-M-L-O-K. And I'm not a worker from them or anything like that, but I know the man who has the ministry and they have an amazing way of helping you memorize scripture. And the Bible says we're supposed to hide God's word in our heart. And so um, I would advise you to look that up on Google as well, Memlock, M-E-M-L-O-K. And it's on your phone and you can also purchase the printed cards. That's what I have. I don't have it on my phone yet because it's not enough. Um, space on my phone I probably have to get a different phone because I have a lot of my bible apps and my other apps on there Um, but let me just share this verse with you and I would encourage you to commit it to memory this um, chapter I'm sorry chapter one no let's see here I'm sorry it is psalms one second I'm so sorry about that psalm one that's right it's not proverbs one it's psalm one but about Proverbs, I, my mind was probably in a different place there. In Proverbs, I would encourage you daily to get in Proverbs because it matches the date of the day. So there's 31 days in a month. Most months um, have 30 or, you know, 28 some with February with leap year and all that. So you can go ahead and go through um, Proverbs one a day. And that will give you the wisdom of God as you continuously do that. So each year you have calendar year you would have been going through the book of proverbs 12 times um and this is the um thing that you should really memorize psalm 1 i'm sorry for the confusion earlier blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful verse 2 states but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night and she, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And that's Psalm 1. And that is a verse that my children and I have memorized, and it helps us so many ways. It is so true that the Word of God, when you hide it in in our hearts, it will help us to not sin against Him. 
because God hears and answers our prayers. And we could use scripture-rich prayers when we pray as well, praying his word back to him. So we're going to conclude now um, for this week. And I'm going to close us in prayer. Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, the matchless name of Jesus, we thank you for this time. I thank you, Lord, for every person that has tuned in here once again. And I ask that you help us to be readers, hearers, and doers of your holy word. Help us not to be hearers only and be deceiving our own selves. And return us back here. Keep our um, circle unbroken in our families and friends circles help us to witness for you help us to be less silent as christians and share the gospel share the blessed bible and the blessed hope which is only found in you help us lord god to love you more each and every day draw us lord more and more because we need you every hour thank you for being with us here in this hour because we're two or three are gathered in his name. There he is in the mist. Thank you for being in the mist with us today at Precious Pearls Ministries podcast on the Resilient Christian Radio Network. My name is Sister Dana and hope to meet with you again here next week. That everything that have breath, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We'll talk again soon. When you discover the kingdom, it is worth everything you have to give up because you gain eternity with the Lord, the creator of your soul, and without him, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. How precious is a pearl. How precious a soul is to God. Thank you for listening to Precious Pearls Radio with Sister Dana Rankin. This broadcast is copyrighted by Precious Pearls Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.